0: Hey guys, this is Annika. Welcome back to Cracking Eggheads. And today we have eggheads Robert Cannon and Ira Heffler. They're filmmakers and producers and hosts of their own film podcast, The Anti-Wave Podcast.
1: Fuck!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, yeah. Hi, Ira. Hi, Robert. Hi,
2: how are (laughs) you?
0: Good, how are you?
2: We're pretty good. All, all things considered.
3: All things considered. Yeah.
0: So what are those things that you're considering?
2: Uh, well, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a coronavirus going around. What? Yeah. What? Brand new. <laughs> <laughs> Ira.
0: <laughs> don't Wait, cough the? on me. I Wait, know. Sorry, that sounded like Madeline.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sounded like Madeline?
0: Madeline is Robert's uh, baby daughter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ira's my, my baby partner. <laughs>
3: That's me. Team right. effort.
0: Team effort. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Um, yeah, what's going on in your lives? Anything interesting? Anything new that you'd like to talk about?
2: Uh, in in terms of our podcast or anything like that. Well, you guys. On a personal level,
3: professional.
0: Profe- personal level, professional level, political level, apolitical level.
3: My daughter just started walking. I know. I saw the video. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's incredible. It's incredible.
0: So, is it actually? Is it my act-
3: daughter? Yes, she actually no. is my daughter. No. Blood related. <laughs> Although she looks like me, but let's not get into that. Hey, what? Wait a minute! What are you insinuating? Mm -hmm. That's why she looks at me like my wife would would ever (laughs) sleep with you. Oh yeah, more than once.
0: (laughs) Um, I was trying to ask. (laughs) Um, is it actually as amazing of a feeling as like we might expect? I
2: think, as as the only person in the room that actually has kids or a kid. Um, to your knowledge. Right. <laughs> you have kids <laughs> all over In Bangkok. Bangkok and Thailand yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah, know <laughs> Parts of Amsterdam. <laughs> Amsterdam. I was gonna say uh, half of Africa is populated by, yeah, yeah. by Ira. Yeah. Lots Belize of has a lot to 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 yeah. owe to,
3: to you. Pales, kids, squinty, kind of Jewy looking. Yep. That's very nice. scared. They're Papa. <laughs>
2: so I think there is, okay, There there is the cognitive part of having kids, and then there is the emotional reality of having kids. And it is, there is a, a shift of, like, you care a little bit more when you see videos that endanger children. You're going, oh my gosh, because you do kind of mm-hmm. put your child in that, and you're going, oof. Um, you know, there was footage recently of this woman who was uh, in a fire, a house fire, I don't know if you saw, that was like a, an apartment, and her... It caught on fire and she had to drop her, I think it was a one or two year old, out off the balcony. And a fireman, no, no, was he a fireman? It was a, it wasn't a fireman, it was a a veteran. Anyway, somebody caught him down below and she dropped like three stories. And incidentally, the mom died in the fire. The fire was raging and she went back in to get her other daughter, who unbeknownst to the mom, had already been rescued. Uh, because this fire was just going out of control. So she went back in to try to save the other kid and died in the process. But, I mean, imagine that idea of dropping your child off this balcony, hoping that someone will catch the kid. And thank goodness he did. And, I mean, it was it would have been really bad. It possibly killed the kid. Uh, and then there was another one that my wife just showed me last night. Same kind of thing. Dropped them like three or four stories to the arms of other people that were waiting below. And I was like man that's that kind of thing you hear about even you know you watch movies and documentaries about uh the triangle waistcoat factory and you know all these people burning up alive and that that kind of stuff and it's horrific to imagine but then when you start imagining that could happen to your child Mm -hmm. you're like oh my gosh that just it it doesn't sit right
3: robert do you remember about two years ago and i think you saw this it it was a, a youtube video uh, it was in Asia, either China, Japan, and the, uh, on an escalator. On oh a You re- oh my remember God. that, don't you? Yeah. And I saw, it, and that look how it stayed with me. It resonated, with and I don't have a kid, but I remember that it, it, the mechanism was broken, and she felt But didn't she like have the wherewithal to? How did she say? So she the mom fell to and her, her death, right? Yes, yes. And she took her kid and like threw the kid. Yeah, she threw the, the kid safety. up and away to safety, and she plummeted to her death. Right. So that that video just haunted it, you, yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I saw that too, and you it was did. just like, well, first of all, I was just surprised by the motherly instinct to even do that mm-hmm. in that kind of because it's so sudden and in the moment, so I mean,
2: I, I think for know. me i I'm so my neuron mm-hmm. receptors have been burnt out from watching so many movies, <laughs> and you know you 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 watch films that are. You know they're supposed to be scary, and after a while they're not scary anymore because they're the same old thing. Oh, it's a, there's a witch that's haunting the house, or there's a you know a serial killer on the loose, and it's kind of like yeah, yeah, whatever. But then you know you there are people who record these true life things that happen where people are dying and and you know throwing their kids to safety and stuff like that, and that's that's truly horrific and it really gets you on a gut level. And I think I have this perverse um, voyeuristic feel for that. Like, I, I got to see it. And I know a lot of people, I think healthier people are just like, no, I don't want to see somebody getting hit by a train or something like that. And I'm going, yeah, I want to see it. There's something to that. And I think it's just because I've seen so many movies and I need, like, that hmm. fear. do yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure.
0: Wait, that's really interesting because I was talking to my boyfriend, Eric, about, uh, like, why I watch movies or documentaries even though they make me feel really bad. So... And it's like, you know, sometimes you just even though it makes you feel really bad and, and puts me in distress, it's like in a way I'm still enjoying that mm-hmm. feeling. And it kind of, I mean, as when I live like you know you want to try to experience the full range of emotions that you are capable of.
2: Well, we talked a lot on our podcast about uh, the TV series is a is whether it's a film or a TV show, but it was a mini 3 episode experience i guess called don't fuck with cats that's streaming on netflix and a big part of that was uh you know the the draw to me was this kind of mystery that was unfolding in a well-packaged documentary field but also like i'd never heard of any of these crimes these were horrific crimes that were so messed up and it was it, it was just a really great like here's a, a thing that you didn't know about that and how do you even describe it ira it's it's uh,
3: I mean Well, as a documentary, the story unfolded. Yeah, that's what we unfolded and started off just and with the cats. Yes, yeah, and then it gets more and more severe. But I think that's same kind of
2: thing of like I, it made me feel bad, but it was this, my favorite film of last year. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which speaks about Robert. Maybe that's true, well, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I like that. I like I like films that move me, and to move me in that direction is really hard to do because I've. I've just seen so many films that it's kind of, all right, I got it. I know where this is going. I had no idea where that thing was going. I was like, I don't know what's going on here.
0: I mean, do you guys sometimes feel like there's a block when you first encounter those kind of disturbing things? Like, because I, like an emotional block, because I went to this museum of death in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. and it's just pictures of, uh serial killer victims and serial killers and the kind of tools they used and it was so surreal that someone could do such things that i almost had an emotional block like i i felt like in the moment i didn't even feel anything and then afterwards it was more like whoa i can't believe i just saw that
3: what do you think about that yeah i know that's putting up a filter a barrier so that in the moment when you're being exposed to that you were removed and you thought about it afterwards. Is that correct? I don't want yeah, to put words yeah. in. Yeah. You know.
0: But it's kind and of unconscious.
3: It is. And it's probably a safety valve. I would think oh. that it's a form of protection for you. However, at the same time, it's pulling you out of the experience.
2: We should mention that Ira is a serial killer. Yes.
3: Yes. And I had my whole wing of, my whole exhibit was on display in the museum. Yeah. It's called Iris Corner. <laughs> But you, the fact you removed, you did as a safety valve, as a protection, but at the same time, it was preventing you from really being immersed in everything you were seeing yeah. that you thought about it afterwards. I wonder so if it's that's both.
0: unfortunate.
3: Yeah, I wonder.
0: You guys don't have similar experiences?
3: No.
2: Well, I mean, I I, I I guess I'm just not moved. Like, I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. And then when I get moved, I'm going, whoa.
3: I this mean, this brings cool. up something I've asked you like three or four years ago. When well, you're watching a movie, any movie. Are you conscious enough to think I'm watching a movie now? It depends on the oh, movie. It depends on the movie. Mm-hmm. Or are you so enthralled and part of the whole thing that you forget you're watching a movie? You're just in that moment with the movie. And when that happens, yes. those are the great ones. Yes, mm-hmm. yes.
2: Where you're going? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm on. I'm yeah. on for this ride. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hmm. I, I say this half seriously and half not, but I feel like I don't actually like movies that much. <laughs> so it's hard for me to feel immersed. Like, fully immersed. I, I feel like I always feel the time when I'm sitting in a movie theater, which is bad because I'm interning for you guys. Well, yeah. <laughs> the exception, podcast. of course,
3: is 30 Love, of exactly. course. That's,
0: okay. yeah.
2: 30 Love, oh, that you know know was all you the You can religion? buy that film? Really? Yeah. Really? You can How? buy 30 Love. Right. If you go to 30lovefilm.com, yeah. Yeah. you can actually purchase 30 You're Love. you kidding. That's, that's our movie,
3: Ira. You and I made that movie. <laughs> huh? And... You can actually film
2: DVD or Blu-ray.
3: Any bonus features attached? Over three hours. Three hours (laughs) of, like, hearing us talk? Yes. Does it have, like, outtakes, deleted scenes? alternative?
2: Yes. Really? Yeah, and it's got a gag reel, all sorts of things like that.
3: Hey, if they (sighs) mention the name of this podcast, do you think maybe we can cut them a little bit of a discount? Yeah, we might be able to throw them 10% off.
2: Wow. Just type in cracking eggheads.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. We have a whole segment on 30 Love Later.
3: Oh, oh, we do. Oh, oh 30 love film. Oh, no. oh, well, we three talk hours. About that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Deleted. Seamless, Ira. Seamless.
3: We'd we be smooth.
2: <laughs> um Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think I think film it's it's like saying books don't move me. Or poetry doesn't move me. Um uh, my wife is not moved by music very often, which to me, it boggles the mind because I'm so interested in music. And, mm-hmm. and even though I can't play music, I understand music and I, I crave it. And there'll be so many times I'm like, oh, dude, I want to hear this song. And I'll turn, put the song on. <laughs> and Even my daughter and I will be dancing. And <laughs> my wife will just be wanting to have a conversation. And I'm like, hold on. We got to experience the song. <laughs> so I think it just different mediums appeal to different people. You know, like I know that you're into like anime. Anime does nothing for me. <laughs> Zero. It's because no you're interest. just racist. Uh, it's also because I'm extremely racist. I like anime porn. Yeah, That's but crazy. you also like porn. <laughs>
0: um,
3: Your wife doesn't like to does, I mean she's like she's not, like, not
2: anti music, but it's kinda like, eh, whatever. She doesn't notice that it's even on. I feel a
3: divorce. Coming <laughs> <on>.
2: <laughs> no, It's it's great because I get to play whatever I want. All uh, I have to do is just be like, uh, do you mind if I put my music on? She, oh, sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, There we go.
0: I mean, what moves you, Ira? I know you don't like films that much.
3: Oh, that's been a running <laughs> shtick, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. No, 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 obviously, I like movies yeah. a lot. Yes. And uh, what else moves me other than movies?
0: I actually don't know very much. I, don't like, I feel like we don't really talk about this.
2: I know. I know what moves you Oh? What really, and even the movies pale in comparison to, Ira likes to sit down and have a discussion with people. He is a people person. Ira is at his best when it's six or seven people sitting around a dinner table having a long conversation and just fun, enjoyable, everybody's getting along and they're having... That's as good as it gets. It, that's, that's your... yeah. That's your heaven. It's true. And if we're talking about a film, which seems to be a constant kind of of, of a point of discussion in, in most social situations. That's
3: really as good as it right. gets. Right. Yeah. And,
2: and you're also knowledgeable about it, and you're going, oh, I have something to add. So I think that's you, right? I yeah. mean, that's...
3: that's. I like what you just said. It's true. Stu- that's accurate. Yeah. It's true. Being in a small group of, of good friends, good conversation, talking about movies, I don't think it gets any better than that. <laughs>
2: I, and I would even say I think because movies are so open to interpretation, right. there is no uh, wrong answer. Right? right? There's
0: well, it, uh, isn't there though?
2: Well, that's your interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's there's different ways to view them, mm-hmm. you know. And there's mm-hmm. so many. You can't be wrong. You go see. Uh, we, we went to a Christmas party and and there was a long discussion about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And especially because we'd discussed it on this on our podcast, right. we we had something. To discuss, we already had ammunition loaded and ready to go. We did. And we had our arguments. Still, yeah, they were still trying to load their bullets and we're going, oh man. <laughs> we had our
3: bullet points ready to go. We were yeah. ready to yes. just I mean yes. we
2: had entire discussions about it and we were really the leaders of that conversation. Yes, we were. Yes, and we walked we were. away kind of going, did we monopolize that conversation? So, I wonder I think if we'd be kind of interesting. So I think I think it was. I fine. was wondering
3: if we bulldozed the conversation just a tad. Yeah. Probably. Yeah felt but good, didn't it? It did. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It felt really good.
2: But we were saying insightful things about yeah, it. Yeah. So I think it, it, to, to answer your question of what motivates Ira, it's the social aspect. Even the mm. the film itself pales in comparison to the verbal discourse. The, yes, exactly. Oh. Which is why it's great to have him on a podcast talking about it.
3: Thanks, Robert.
2: Oh, not for <laughs> me. I'm just saying it oh, would be oh, great oh, oh. if you found a good partner. I thought I was getting a compliment there for a
3: second. <laughs> Yeah, that's what moves me.
0: That's really interesting because after listening to uh, your episode on Robert's other podcast, Figure of Speech, I feel like that makes so much more sense when I'm thinking about your character. Just like like you weren't, you weren't, you never done speech, but you became a speech teacher, (laughs) a speech coach. Yeah, never
3: competed. Yeah, Yeah. but...
0: But you become a wonderful speech coach. I feel like that's so. Yeah, he never smoked so a weird.
2: cigarette, but he became hooked on heroin. So <laughs> that's, kind of... true. that's true too. True. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, amazing things, Ira. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, Robert. We don't want. Shh. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't mention yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. my yeah. sorry.
0: Wait, did you actually do heroin? <laughs> oh,
3: yes, <laughs> okay. a duck heroin? I'd rather not talk about my my past. As he ro- rolls down his sleeve to cover his <laughs> yeah. track marks on his arm. <laughs> Yeah, I left my syringe in the car. <laughs> I would like to see you try to do yeah, heroin. That'd be funny. You'd be like, what did Ow! you do? Ow, yeah. that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry. I Is just... that what you do with heroin? You shoot it up, right? Yeah. You can't smoke it. Can you smoke it? I'm serious. Yeah. Uh, you,
2: you probably could, but yeah. most people don't. I mean, you want, you're going to get a diluted high. Ah,
3: I'd rather get the real thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll just shoot that in my veins. Yeah. <laughs> You, just, you know, you put it in your butt, right? Oh, is that where it goes? Yeah. I had something... Never no, mind. All right. All right. What? Yeah, something what? Else. No, about the butt, I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, I, had a, I, had, I had a syringe in my butt. Oh, wait. That wasn't a syringe. Okay. Well, okay. There we go. Where's this podcast so, yeah, going? Sorry. Okay.
0: It's All okay. Right. It's a fluid conversation. It's a, <laughs> a syringe
3: in my butt. It's the syringe.
0: Actually, um... So, I had never actually seen like cocaine in real life, mm-hmm. but then I went to uh, a cousin's part, like mm-hmm. house party, and I saw someone doing it, and it was surprisingly very normal. Like, it didn't. I think the movies always depict it so crazily, or at least the entertainment industry depicts it so crazily. I didn't. I thought like, oh, once you do cocaine, you're just like super crazy or something. But they were, after they just did it, they're like, yeah, I'm like totally normal. I'm just using it to sober up. I don't know. Is that, is that not weird?
2: Oh, I, I would know. I've never tried it. <laughs> I you've tried it a couple times. Once haven't. or twice. That's really? it.
3: Just once or twice. Yeah. You know, Was it good? With, with my buddy Stan. Was it, I don't, it gave us, we were, going to, we were in front of a singles dance and we sat in this car and uh, what's the word? Toot, toot, tooted? Tooted. we did a toot. 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 Just like up the nostril and then we went mm-hmm. to a singles dance. Did and you feel I, I was anything? I was feeling particularly what's the word? Vigorous. Yes Bigorous. Yes, like fuck it. I can do anything I want. I can go up there and talk to that hot babe over there and not be afraid. Now he didn't, but <laughs> <laughs> I could <laughs> Yeah. You know, well. That's all. So I've done that twice. But I know what you mean about how it's depicted. You're also that someone
2: that can like i knew this guy in college who smoked cigarettes all the time and somebody was like you know you're you're addicted to him he goes no i'm not and he goes yeah you are you you know nobody just smokes and th- doesn't get addicted he goes well i do i i could i could quit whenever i want he goes quit and he goes okay fine he just quit he just stopped smoking Wait, cigarettes he actually did yeah he's just like nah and that's how ira is I I don't, ira would just be like oh okay yeah i'll just stop
3: what you're right I, you have that I, ability i can compartmentalize Right when I know something is not good, you don't you, you I, may not enjoy quitting because you like that thing but
2: uh, but you same, could do I it you could do it yeah
0: wow that's really impressive
2: yeah I I think that and that's why he can do cocaine a couple <laughs> times and be like yeah whatever I'm, it's not that's not what motivates him
0: huh that's
1: cute. he
2: has an addictive personality but it's not it's not for that kind of thing
0: so it's not a true addictive
3: personality,
0: do I have an addictive personality?
2: well
3: I mean you Ira. have it a... <laughs> Ira.
0: How
2: many times did you have tuna fish sandwiches? Oh, every morning for
3: seven years. (laughs) Yeah, I had mercury poisoning. (laughs) That's not a joke. True. You got mercury poisoning. Mercury poisoning. Every morning at this one restaurant for seven years, I had tuna fish sandwich (laughs) on wheat toast, and um, and then after about six and a half years, I wasn't feeling well, (laughs) and this woman I was seeing who lived in Bakersfield said. Mm -hmm. You gotta to go to a doctor because I told her about my sweetener sandwiches. <laughs> I just haven't checked for mercury poisoning. Yeah, the doctor came out and said, You've got mercury poisoning.
0: That's so incredible. I've never, oh my God. Yeah,
3: yeah. And he's, I said, Well, do you have like a shot to give me to make you? <laughs> no, he said, Just stop, just stop eating <laughs> it and your body will eventually discard it and you'll balance out. So I did. Okay. There's another example about how I stopped. Yeah. That's, yeah, all, that's right. why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah. I just stopped. I knew now, it wasn't he was good for me.
2: I, I think he was kind of like, oh, I missed my tuna fish sandwiches. but yeah,
3: but I knew it wasn't
0: So good. is that a true addiction, though? Like, isn't that just habit? Mm.
2: And I, well...
3: That's a good question. Addiction
2: is continuing in the face of consequences, right? And Ira, when he sees the consequence, he's like, oh, well, then I'll stop. So, I, so he doesn't have So addiction. that's what I would say is that he maybe has an addictive personality, no but it's not to the point where he does himself harm because of it. He... Uh-huh. Likes what he does. I think if we were to psychoanalyze some of his other behaviors, we would say, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, why are you doing this?" And I think the truth <laughs> is that he's like, "I like it."
0: I would, uh, yeah, oh, just look forward to Iris' future documentary. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, it's coming. It's coming. we're working on it. Yeah, all yeah. My, all my women. Okay.
0: <laughs> I have a friend who really
3: uh, she's single. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's a dude oh. is that okay all right Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but he said like oh i've never been addicted to anything before and he started vaping and he said i could quit whenever i want and he did quit once before but he just started doing it again just because of the social scene and he said i just want to know what it's like to be addicted to something and then he became addicted to it
2: i wonder if he's <laughs> saying oh i'm addicted i'm addicted you know yeah. when re- if he's saying I'm addicted, when in reality,
0: oh, he's actually not.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe he's addicted to trying to get addicted to something. <laughs> wow, boo! <laughs> addicted to addiction. Yeah, what would the word be? My for strange that? addictions. A, a dick. <laughs> <sighs> I think I'm true. I'm addicted to coke. I know that I am. Coca-Cola. 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 Oh, and cocaine. <laughs> No, but I, I, I for sure am because there are times I'm like, I should really cut back. And I'm like, nah, I just don't feel like it. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep going, even how, if there's consequences.
0: How many are you drinking per day now?
2: Um, well, right now, because of all the coronavirus stuff and everything else, probably more. I probably drink like three a day, I would say.
0: And they're not even diet, right? Or zero. No
2: way. Are you crazy? <laughs> so, That's in so tender- have you ever hear- seen someone who's not morbidly obese drinking a Diet Coke? <laughs> You're right. No. Yes, just,
0: myself.
3: <laughs> I'll say again.
2: Have you ever seen someone
3: So here's my question in 10 or 15 years when the doctor says you got to pull back on the Coca-Cola, will you be able to?
2: I Here's the thing, if a doctor said that. Yeah. Because I, what they're saying is it's it's the sugar, right? right it's right, the right. high fructose corn syrup. But then You go drink, like, orange juice. That's got high fructose corn syrup in it, too. And it's got more sugar, so...
0: Just drink water.
2: (laughs) I I could. You're right. I could. But it's kind of... I I would rather give up other things and continue drinking the Cokes because I like it. I enjoy it. So it's not a... If it, if I knew it was like there's something else in there. There could
3: be something else. Right. If there Even was something the carbonation, else. Carbonation, which is not good when you get older, or to pull back. I don't know. If there's some other thing that's in, this is in Coke
2: only. Mm-hmm. It's not in other things. Mm-hmm. I, I could but give it up. You could. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I just, yeah, the could. problem is I'm, I'm too skeptical because I'm going, I know, I hear what you're telling me and I know what your end result is, but I don't, I know there's other ways to get there. Without having to give up this, and I enjoy it. I would rather cut out, you know, 150 calories out of my diet and allow myself to do this because I get, a, I enjoy it. I just it feels good. It's really refreshing to me,
3: especially cherry coke. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I actually did have a period. I think mm, so. So I, did I, but
3: I, 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 I was <laughs> 12 waiting 12 when <laughs> no, that happened.
0: No, and a <laughs> it
2: was only once.
0: No, I had
1: <laughs> really a-
2: strange. <laughs> I was waiting for it for the next month and it never came never came back. Yes, yeah, yeah, really go strange. Figure. Yeah. Did you get pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I met Ira. <laughs>
0: no, I think uh this one summer I had a I had a short period for 3 months where I was ad- also addicted to coke. <laughs>
2: I, I'm really refraining from. Yeah, I know. Out on that one. We're both biting our tongue. Yeah. <laughs> We're both biting our
3: which is rare. Yes. Yeah. Uh, If this was our podcast, you'd be shredded right now. (laughs) Well, thank
0: goodness it's it's my (laughs) my podcast. (laughs) We're trying to pay you respect.
2: um, So you were addicted to Coke for three months?
0: Yeah. So I would have three cans of Coke a day for three months straight. And then Mm -hmm. when I went back to school, uh, they didn't have Coke there. Mm. And I didn't want to – I was too lazy to go out and buy Coke. But I feel like I actually had withdrawals from not drinking Coke.
2: Probably, yeah.
0: The sugar addiction is crazy.
2: For sure for me it's an, it's a sugar thing. If I if it, if I don't have coke then I would need some other sugary something usually in the mornings. And I know it's strange but like I got to have that usually first thing in the morning like when I wake up I'm like ah.
3: It's me it's a cup of coffee. That's yeah. how it is for most yeah. people you got to have a cup that's of coffee like in the morning.
2: The health the health harms from drinking a cup of coffee Potentially, are much worse than the Coke, right? I mean, a lot of people is put it? sugar... Well, I mean, the caffeine is certainly higher,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: And the, I mean, the, the sugar could be comparable depending on how much you put into your coffee. But it's kind of like you're getting it this way and like this, this way of getting the calories is good, but this way is bad. And it's kind of like, I don't think your liver really knows the difference. I think <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just, I mean, the Cokes have a bad reputation and... I don't know that it's a whole lot worse than than coffee, depending on which source you look
3: at. But again, just to clarify that, especially when you do get older, it's the carbonation sure. that's not good for you. Really? If you have like acid reflux, oh, that you've got yeah. to pull back on that and not have any more Coca Cola. It's not just the sugar, but the carbonation too. It's not good for your system, for especially older people.
0: Do you? So I've been told. <laughs> Is coffee doesn't coffee also because it's really acidic kind of hurt your acid reflux?
3: I'm sure it does. I think everything's going to kill you eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, but, It's true. It's true. Yeah. And this it's like true. at the end of the day,
2: how do you – I mean, I would rather – I might live six months longer if I stop
3: drinking right. Cokes. Maybe. Right. Maybe. So on balance, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And, and yeah. like it's
2: the end of my life and it's kind of like <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was probably worth six months.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that – I mean, I was gonna say the end result is what matters, but I don't think that's the point actually.
3: <laughs> well, I guess the end result is what matters. Ultimately, is that you're gonna be dead. Um, What's well, the quality of enjoyment, right. during the process of being alive that that outweighs six months, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah.
0: Wonder if Coke adds that much value to your life.
2: To me, it does. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, worth um, it.
0: I had a I had a short diet plan. Where I was eating twelve hundred calories a day, for a few months. But I mean, I did lose weight, but my diet was super shitty because eight hundred of the calories would be snacks, so like chocolate, ice cream, Mm -hmm. uh, pies. But then like four hundred would be like a healthy meal (laughs) with like nuts, salads, protein.
2: (laughs) Well, was that you know? Okay, the documentary supersize me which we reviewed supersize oh me too that's crazy and in the first Super Size me he eats nothing but uh mcdonald's and he gains a bunch of weight and there was a we talked about it on our podcast when the the sequel came out that um there was that scientist i want to say in michigan it was a, a science teacher and he told his his class that the way that supersize me was done was scientifically inaccurate because he was eating beyond the two thousand calories per day And his class was like, nah, it's bullshit, no way. And he said, "Uh, I'll prove it to you. So he went on that diet and he ate nothing but um, nothing but McDonald's for thirty days straight. But he kept it under two thousand calories. He stayed away from French fries. He stayed away from the dessert menu, and he stayed away from um, from sodas. And he ate everything else. He ate was from McDonald's, and he lost a ton of weight. And when he went to the doctor, the doctor said, This is the best health, like healthiest you've been. Ever, and he was like, oh, "Yeah, I guess I should stay on this diet then." So it's not a matter of it's calories in, calories out at the end of the day. And people, you know, try to, oh no, it's this or that or whatever. And I, I think it is like the, those things play into it. But by and large, if you want to lose weight, eat less, start moving around more, and that's it. That's it. Uh, we all know it, but everyone doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> what we want is, can I just? Take this little pill or like reach behind my head and fart three times and then lose <laughs> a bunch of weight. And it's like, ah, no, it doesn't work like that. Eat less, move around more. That's it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's a great, great podcast. We to- We're not moving very much during the virus. <laughs> I are know. We? I, I'm packing I, on the pounds. I, I am becoming more sedentary yeah. than usual. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, I feel you're like I, weight.
0: I've never seen you.
3: Move like
0: <laughs> 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 I've never seen you heavier, like, than you are now. Like, I mean, i, I sorry, that, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fat ass. <laughs> so, I meant you always look consistently healthy Thank since you. forever.
3: Yeah, she's coming yeah. on to you, man. Yeah, what mm-hmm. are you doing after the podcast? <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> She's, right. oh, oh. I noticed she didn't respond. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Going home. That's what I'm doing. And I mean that literally, not figuratively. No, Ira's always kind of, you're pretty consistent. I am. I am. so oh, you lost a little I, I actually weight. lost seven pounds in the last oh. handful of months. Why? I don't know He why. cut his toenails. He they were me. that long. <laughs> yeah, doctor was pleased. Mm-hmm. No. Glad to hear it.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. So. Yeah? <laughs> so well, we're going to. <laughs>
3: is this the next segment? No, is this is segment, segment, the next segment. Chapter. <laughs> yeah.
0: Chapter two. Oh. Ah. We are reviewing a we'll, movie we'll together. We'll turn the page.
3: <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. Turn the page. Yeah. Chapter two. <laughs> and chapter two is entitled. Uh, titled, not entitled. Don't say that. You're right. It's not entitled. He's right. He's right. Did you know the difference? Okay, yeah.
0: grammar Nazi. This okay.
3: is this is cracking eggheads. Okay. No, you're always supposed to say title. And the other one you taught me was quotation versus quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Can you remind me of the difference? I forgot.
2: Quote is a verb. Quotation is a noun. So when people say, Oh, I've got a great quote,
3: they mean uh, I've got okay. a great quotation. Quotation. Oh, God, right.
0: I... Spoken like a true.
3: Speech. But you say and I quote. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh. Or I quote. I'm going to quote Ira. Right, right. That would be correct. Right. So you never say. In, so the point is, you never say entitled for, unless you're talking about entitlement.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. So if you rest. have a, a a movie or a a new album that came out, it's not the new album entitled. And the, so oh, many people make me that so mistake. bonkers. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's. I,
2: I don't really care what people say, except for there's a handful of them that drive me up the wall, and that one... Mine has
3: always been irregardless. Uh, irregardless is pretty is bad, that, is, Have we talked about bad. that? No, I, don't I don't think, think we've so. ever talked to... You. And you know what else? You know why we don't talk about it? Because I don't say irregardless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know not to say it. However, the Oxford Dictionary... I think is, they just added it, yes, didn't they? Yes. Because what? it's an example where the masses, where the public determine what words are legitimate, uh. and they're also... They are also acknowledging that people who confuse literal and virtual. Yes. And when people say, what? "I'm I'm so upset, I can literally explode," no, it's uh, a metaphor. Uh. You can virtually <laughs> explode. But now the dictionaries actually are meshing those two that it's you so can't. Dumb. And it's a it's a diluting of academia. Is it? Yes. It's a
2: diluting of our language. A, I mean, I I don't know. I, it's that it, drives it, it's a, a pet wall.
3: peeve of mine.
0: I mean, isn't language supposed to evolve?
2: Yes, but not in the exact opposite sense in which it was meant to.
3: I mean, literally <laughs> means that this was the thing. the point of literal and virtual. Right, right. And irregardless, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it frustrates the hell out of me. Because
0: it doesn't make sense. If
2: we don't have some sense... I, I, language should change. It should evolve. But if we don't have some sense of, of the ideal of what the language is then why don't we just all speak in babble? You know, like we're just, we'll never teach our children anything. There's no rules of It's dumbing down. Right. Dumbing and, down. and it's kind of, mm, what we need it. to do is bring society in lockstep with the rules of the language. And there will be times that language will change. And that's by and large what we do. But there are some that are just really annoying because it's kind of like, that goes against the entire spirit
3: of that word.
0: I see, I see.
3: I'm so upset with all this, I can literally explode. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks for the quote, Ira.
3: <laughs> Quotation? No, quote. Okay. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: I'm not entitled to listen to this. <laughs> okay. Yes.
0: Next sh- segment. Sh- yeah. Titled. It doesn't have a title, so there's no point. <laughs> but we're reviewing the movie, The Outpost. The Outpost. Oh. So just to say why we're doing this, mm-hmm. we're going to... or. Robert and Ira have a film podcast, mm-hmm. so we're comparing
2: anti-wave podcast. I was going to say, what's the name of the podcast? <laughs>
0: the anti-wave podcast, mm-hmm. and we're going to be comparing a layman's re- experience of the movie versus
2: a pro. A pro. Now we got to get who, a pro who in who that here. Be? <laughs> but we got three layman's experience. <laughs> um, well, one thing that we should say is that our podcast really focuses on. Um, So we we use the lens of what we refer to as anti-wave and we try to look at films that are kind of outside the Hollywood system even if we look at a Hollywood film how much does that that film kind of go against the typical Hollywood trend of what you would see with classic Hollywood cinema and that's how we've kind of structured the whole thing is does this buck the usual trends of what we would normally see? So we talk about the film. Uh, Each week we focus on one primary film, and then we'll talk about a few others as well Mm -hmm. along the way. But uh, this week we talked about The Outpost. It's a new film that Mm -hmm. came out that centers around a group of soldiers in Afghanistan who are left to kind of fend for themselves, Mm -hmm. and all hell breaks loose.
0: Well, actually, I did want to ask. So I know you guys are looking for uh, what bucks the Hollywood trend. But do you have any Hollywood trends that you like?
2: Oh yeah. I mean we there have been num- a number of times on the show where we have seen movies that we've given a very we give a score for each film like how does this rate on an anti-wave scale? Like if if it's a 10 it's very anti-wave and if it's a 1 it's very very Hollywood. There've been a number of times that we've said this is like a 1 or a 2 but we loved it, right? And then there have been a number of times where we've said That's this right. is a nine or a ten, but neither of us liked it. <laughs> so, right, being anti-wave does not necessarily equate to do we like it? Mm-hmm. Although we are drawn towards, I, I would say we are typically more drawn towards anti-wave mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. Uh, something just because again, maybe the neurons have all been burnt out. We're, we're not really into the, um, you know, the the typical. Romance, rom-com kind of Hollywood schlock I think we're a little more interested in something that's gonna be different But we have Edgy, provocative Right We've definitely looked at some Hollywood Absolutely Crap yep. Yeah yeah. Do you
0: have an example of a movie that is really uh, Like if it's the Hollywood trend yep. But it's really,
3: really good I do Say one Went to... <laughs> You know which one Do I? Yeah What is it uh, how many uh, words is it? Uh, 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 uh,
2: wait, the uh, Ford. V. Ferrari. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. That
3: was when I was going to oh, say. Really, Ford versus Ferrari. It's a perfect example. Yeah. So,
0: what made it so Hollywood trendy? How, <laughs>
3: have you seen it? You haven't, you haven't. I haven't. Robert kicked this off. What makes it hot? <laughs> well, I think we
2: we it, there's a there's a big race at the end. You know, there's like this uh, big climactic uh, three act structure. We know how everything's going to go. I mean, it is based on on a true story. So there's only so much, you know, license they could take with that without being like, no, that's not what happened. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think they got to keep it somewhat true to to reality, but it has a big production, has huge movie stars in it. It's, it's very much a Hollywood film. Also
3: an old fashioned vibe to it. Yeah. It has that feel
2: to it. And Ira and I love, Oh, we were like, this was Swept away
3: in the theater. We saw that in the theater Mm -hmm. together. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the few times last year, just, Taken on a journey and swept away. Wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that's a great example of a Hollywood film, but we really, really liked. Right. right.
0: Do you guys watch it twice when you're taking notes for the movie? Ah! <laughs>
2: she thinks we take notes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we can't all keep actually. It all we've been in known to. We've been known to. Yeah, we, we yeah, do. I think
2: occasionally we take some notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but usually, no, we just watch the film once. Yeah. Okay. I will tell you a quick story about our film. 30 Love. Oh? Yeah. Do you know you can go to 30 Love Film. Oh, really? Uh, Anybody can... Uh, we, Blu-ray? We had... Bonus features? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, type in Cracking it. It's percent We had a guest Discount. on our show, on our podcast, after we released the film. And this guy, he had his own film podcast. And they reviewed our f- we sent out a bunch of like uh mm-hmm. announcements to all these podcasts like will you review will you review and trying to get people you know to talk about it so he reviewed it and he and his partner gave it a really bad review and we felt like they were kind of being mean w- about it it wasn't even it wasn't like you know this just really wasn't my cup of tea it's just they were like making fun of us and we mm-hmm. were kind of like well that seems uncalled for so we contacted them we said, would you be willing to come on to our show? And mm-hmm. let's sit down and talk about it. And he goes, sure. I mean, Whoa. one of them said yes. The other one said no. And so the one that said yes, he came out. You know, we brought him in and we talked about the film with him a little bit more. And so he was kind of saying, well, here's what I didn't like about it. Getting into a little bit more detail. And he said, um, you know, he said the ending was like this and... We said, that's exactly what we were going for. And he's like, well, I don't like that. And we were kind of like, oh, well, then this is maybe not the film for you. But that's Mm -hmm. exactly what we were aiming for. And so by by the end, he was kind of like, okay, well, then that's kind of a horse of a different color. That's kind of the the result of the conversation. And we said, so knowing what you know now, knowing us, all of this, would you be willing to sit down and watch the film again? And he said, no. (laughs) We were like... Wait, what? <laughs> and he goes, no, I don't watch films again. Really? And yeah. he, like, refused to watch it.
3: Yeah. Did, like, the first time. What would be the point of watching it again?
2: And we were like, yeah. can you not understand? Like, we just had a conversation about this thing for the better part of an hour. And you might have gleaned some new information. He was adamant. He was, nope, I won't watch it again. So, okay.
0: <laughs> well, I'm surprised that he even... Like, I kind of almost res- admire that, his straightforward.
2: Yeah, I did too. I could respect <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, yeah. well, thanks for being honest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A lesser man would, would just lie and be like, oh, yeah, sure. And then never get around yeah, to it. Yeah, but exactly. yeah, no, he was being honest. But it was kind of.
3: I was impressed that he even came down in joined as podcast. Yeah. Right. Knowing that there were two of us, Robert and myself, and he'd probably have a feeling it'd be one against two. Yeah. Right. And he's the odd one out with this negative net where the filmmakers were responsible. And it's and our show. Yes, and right. it's our <laughs> podcast. So I was really impressed that yeah. he came and showed up at Robert's place and we recorded a podcast, And uh, but he wouldn't watch it a second time. <laughs> Bastard.
2: And then not too long after that, his podcast stopped. Yeah. yeah he stopped doing stop. his podcast. Yeah. It was probably a few weeks later. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You guys had something to do with that? Uh, he, he, was, he watched it again and then he decided to kill himself.
3: <laughs> he said, I'm not entitled to watch this again. <laughs> no, then Robert called him up and asked him to watch it a third time. <laughs> and That did it. That did it. <laughs>
2: so yeah, the, the, in terms of watching films twice, it's rare that we do watch films twice. Although a few times on our podcast, we have encouraged each other to go back and look at a film and there have been films that we've said you need to go see that again because it's been a while since you've seen it and it's not what you think mm-hmm. and there have been sometimes like i could think of face off most recently and i did i never liked face off ira ira does like face off the right. movie and he was like you need to see that movie again i watched it again and was like nope i still don't like it, didn't face work. Off. it still didn't work you just
3: didn't like the movie and
2: so I, but i tried to give it a second chance i was like all right Someone I respect and talk to every week about films likes this movie. Let me see if, if there is something there. And I was like, no, nah, just that's not for me.
3: Yeah. In this particular example, Robert's kind of fucked up with his values and his opinion. He <laughs> doesn't like the movie, but go figure. But we actually call this, we, I, I think I label this like the rock meter because there was one movie years ago where you said to watch the rock, which I happened to like a lot when it first came out in the theater 20 years ago. And Robert said, you know what? Watch it again. I don't. I think you'll feel it doesn't hold up quite as well. I watched it again, and he was right. You were yeah. right. Hmm. It didn't hold up as well. Because so, I had the same thing
2: happen to me. I watched it. You know, when I was when it first came out, and was blown away. Yes, like what the a nifty movie. Whoa, this movie's yeah. incredible right, right, cast. And, it, and then and I watched also... it again a few years later. I'm going, this is bad.
3: <laughs> now let's flip it. Have there been movies where we thought it was kind of mediocre? We went back to see it a second time, and you you it. I your... know there are, because I, I, I remember having think... those conversations. But nothing's yes, coming to my mind. Nothing's coming to my mind. But there well, have so been some second like... viewing, you regarded higher. Yeah. yeah.
2: That has happened a few times. Hmm. But I can't think of anything right off the top of my head.
0: Do you guys remember the scenes and the plots of the movies that you watched?
2: So, this is a great question. Yes. Because we talk about this quite a bit, is how memorable are they? And there, we've... Okay, so there was a movie that now is starting to stick in our mind. A good line. Ironically, good line, yeah. because... Of how much we've talked about how forgettable it is. (laughs) It's called The Good Liar. And we actually watched it after we saw Ford V. Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So we watched it more recently. And we, as soon as it was over, we were like, what did we just watch? What was it about? And we even like the next day, I think we had talked for a
3: minute. 80% of the movie. It's just gone. gone And we're like,
2: I don't really remember. And then we, by the time we recorded, like two or three days later, we were like, I'm at 4%. I can remember about 4% of what was going on in this movie. And then we were kind of making it a joke for a while, and then literally a few weeks passed, and I brought it up again. I said, what was that movie about? And we both were like, <laughs> oh, wait. Uh... And it, we truly tried to remember what it was about, and we were like, I don't know. And we finally got there, but it took some real work. And it really wasn't that long ago. That movie is a, a fairly recent film. And... That movie just had all over It's just a totally forgettable movie. Mm. Ford v. Ferrari, we could tell you, we were talking about this recently, I we could tell you most scenes in that movie. And, we and could, you only
0: watched
1: it once? One time.
2: Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, it depends on the film. And some films have more, some films are just more memorable than others. And, I think? I mean, I, I think sometimes they're just, I don't know, just kind of, I don't know, is there heart, lack of heart in it or whatever it is? Hmm.
3: What would the word be? Heart is pretty good. Does it just resonate? Glue? Stick? Does it just stick with you? (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So I I would think that too, where it depends on just how much, yeah, like how much it resonates with you or their memorability factor of certain scenes. But I think this is why I say I don't like movies, but I can't remember the scenes or plots of almost every movie that I watch, unless right. I watch it multiple times. <laughs> so all I remember when I watch a film is if I liked it or not. So yeah. I, I remember the feeling, but if someone asks me a few days or a few weeks later, oh, what scene or what did you like about it? Then I won't be able to say anything about it. I'll just say, I just remember that I really liked it.
2: Yeah, I think that that's is definitely that the case. I mean, I I think you tend to remember, Ira more scenes and storyline because there will be films that we'll bring up from like 1976 that you go, oh yeah, saw that opening day with Charlotte or whatever. Are you and sure you'll
0: it's s- not him remembering the woman? And th- it might be,
2: but he's, he'll remember, like, here's what happened and that famous part where they said this or that or whatever and you're like, oh wow, you, you remember that movie. At least snippets of it. Like, yes, th-
3: snippets of it.
2: But he does a better job than 99% of people. Of that, like he can remember, because he's he's kind of burnt that into his brain. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he understands, like this. I am sure happened in this way. Anything else outside of that, I, I couldn't tell you for sure. But that's exactly how it happened. Am Agreed. I right?
3: Agreed. Yes. But you would be better going through the plots and the basic, like with Ford versus Ferrari. You'd do a much better job of talking through the basics in Act One, Act Two, Act Three. That's oh, nice of you to but say. I, it's true. It's true. We have to go on somebody else's show for us to pay compliments. Each <laughs> <laughs> so you would do a better job with that. But with me, there are just certain moments, certain beats in films, especially from a few decades ago that are just in my brain yeah, and in my heart. yeah.
2: I think it's because you remember that moment and it's solidified in yes,
3: there. Yes, yes. And holding hands with the girl that I was
0: with. <laughs> I almost think you experience life in a similar way. Ira will be able to... Tell a story multiple times, Mm -hmm. but almost the exact same way as you said. Yeah. But I think that's because that story, like the movie scene, is burned into Mm. a bed. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you experience life Mm -hmm. just in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool.
3: I would like, at the end of my life, I'd like to have closing credits. (laughs) That'd be great, actually. (laughs) What is that? Throw a bunch of like magnetic alphabet
2: letters onto your grave? No, no,
3: I'm just thinking about when I'm on my deathbed. You know, I'd like to have um, you know, who did the cinematography and who directed, and just closing credits because I tend to be very cinematic. With certain or things. in a in who's director? Are you the director? Star? Oh, okay.
0: In a future, Robert, uh, you'll be
3: the director. Cool. Written by, and <laughs> then have your mom and dad's name. <laughs> well, they'd be the executive producers. Ah. <laughs>
2: Are we going to talk about the outpost oh, or no? Oh, yeah. Okay. We oh. don't have to.
0: It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What did you guys think? Well, I just want to say that I thought it was really good. And I don't know if it was because of my mood, like I'm hormonal or something, but 10 minutes in. Well, that in...
2: period you had. Oh, that one period. That one period. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Boy, what a mood swing that must have been.
2: I heard it was a short period <laughs> that only lasted three months with a lot of coke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um okay well 10 minutes in i felt like crying yeah that's
2: hormones
0: (laughs) i was on the verge of tears and at the end at the end thing where uh ty Mm -hmm. uh was doing the interview with the counselor i don't know Mm -hmm. if this is carters the Carter. carter ty carter yeah that did make me cry and i don't know if it's the idea sometimes like it's hard to separate uh the idea of the movie from like if I like the idea of the movie Mm -hmm. or the actual movie, but I don't know which one it was, but I really liked the movie and I enjoyed this. So,
2: You know what movies it reminded me of? I should have brought up on our podcast, but I didn't. That reminded me a lot of Black Hawk Down. Mm -hmm. Um, It's another, I mean, very similar. Uh, And also, a movie that I I should have put on my top five that it didn't, Restrepo, which is a documentary about it's like a far outpost of these people they're actually up on a hill um, but it was a documentary footage of these guys that are living in this outpost Just the same thing but it's like here's the real soldiers
3: are you familiar with Gallipoli yeah you saw it oh yeah yeah Mel well, Gibson yeah on, of course why would I even have Peter Weir directed that movie. Yeah. and uh, I-, I thought a little bit about that too that was more of a suicide mission where they well, it was not actually well, he was right. running to save everybody running... yeah. Yeah. couldn't get there in time yeah yeah
2: yeah, but they were penned down. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good movie. Yeah. See, that's the movie where the dun, 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 that would have been good. Yeah, that would have been good. There, the music yes. from *Chariots yeah. of
3: Fire*. Which is the only gl- thing he liked about *Chariots of Fire* was the music. <laughs> okay. I, that movie gets on my nerves. Yeah. yeah. Now maybe I need to go back he just and watch doesn't that. Like you, because it's about a Christian and a Jew. That's why Robert doesn't like
0: it. Is this true? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't like the Christians. What are you gonna do? (laughs) Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing about that?
3: Why is that funny? Did you you liked it? Oh yeah. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I am curious about. you'll have to listen next week, but how you compared it to the Greyhound. Yeah. And I'm curious to see two war movies, both streaming Mm -hmm. and, um, and came out within weeks of each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked a lot. We spoke about this at some length in last week's podcast and our show about how I liked the way it was shot a lot of long shots and a lot of it was handheld. And it actually reminded me with not so much the content, just the look of it was very, for me, 1917 ish um with I the did one take it. did you see that movie? yeah
0: i did oh you did but i actually didn't enjoy 1917 as much as 19 really <laughs> as 1919 oh. <laughs> i didn't enjoy it as much as this one and huh. i think i wasn't as uh immersed in it
2: do you think the gimmick of 1917 got in the way of it all being one shot do you feel like that kind of got in its own way
0: I just I just was bored, kind oh. of, through the movie. So, like, in this movie, I didn't feel the time. Like, it was two hours, but I didn't really feel the length of the mm-hmm, time. Right. Mm-hmm, I agree. But in when I was watching 1917, I did feel, like, about an hour. Ago. Did you
2: huge... watch 1917 on your computer?
0: No, I watched
3: in a the theater.
2: In a theater? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good.
3: Wow. That's the way to see it. Yeah, I assumed also it was on a computer and maybe that... Filtered your opinion. I
2: mean, I, I like 1917. I, I wasn't crazy about it. Right. But I'm surprised to hear you say that in a theater.
3: Hmm. I mean, it was visual. It wasn't cinematography. It got the Oscar for Yeah. That. Yeah. There but, was that one flaw. You and I talked about it as we were leaving the theater that if this mission was so important to get these two guys to run behind enemy lines, mm-hmm. that because they were being set up and blah, 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 why wouldn't the guy in charge send out? Many, many, many groups of two to increase the chances of someone um, getting through. I understand because then the story couldn't happen. Now, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> then there'd be no movie.
0: Wait, well, isn't this based on a true?
3: No. Uh, no well, it was like, Mendez as grandfather. Grandfather. This is his grandfather's recollections. Right. So, in other words, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a
2: tall tale. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But the outpost is based on a true story. Yeah.
0: Yes. I I was uh I was very moved by this.
3: And by the way, I know part. This is like a theme of the layman versus the quote, mm-hmm. but your opinion is just as valid. That's exactly what, what I, was I was about to say. say that yeah, I was about to say yeah, I was, well, I, Robert, say, like, yeah, I, say, I I have a I don't I have an issue about that. Talk. Well, yeah. I have a uh,
2: back. My bachelor's degree is in film production. My master's degree is in film theory. But I don't think that makes me any better at reading a story than Ira, who's just seen a bunch of movies. I mean. Uh, truly no. I, I'm not I'm being no. funny I'm being kind of silly about it but it's also it's true in that academia doesn't somehow just just because you have a piece of paper that says you studied it for a long time doesn't make you the master of film it just means you've had people give you other lenses to view films through and I, I brought some stuff up on the show on our podcast saying hey what about if we looked at it through this angle of this lens usually to which Ira kind of goes yeah yeah whatever but, um <laughs> And I think that all it does is just give you some more tools that you can use to view a, a, and a film, but I think your view is just as valid. Just as
3: valid, just as legitimate. You know, there's also that school of, of thinking in, in the world of competitive speech and debate. In mm-hmm. parliamentary debate, Pete, they were arguing and you should be able to get a layman off the streets to watch that same debate and decide right. who's the winner. You yeah. don't have to have, you know, your master's in, in critical thinking. It's mm-hmm. not necessary. It's really aimed for the masses to come in and have that opinion that is just as valid as the supposed expert.
0: I think that's a really uh, respectable view for. for all and of course, people.
2: Ira and I are always right. But <laughs> everybody <laughs> no. else. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I, I I wasn't invalidating my opinion, but I appreciate that you wanted to put that out there. I was I was just thinking. Well, that- just
2: based off of what you said earlier about being a like a lay person versus mm-hmm. a, yeah. as you said, professional. But
3: I, I think... I had an issue with that. when you, I oh. did. Because yeah.
2: if there's a professional here, I think we would both just go, they're human being. They got a right. point of view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same as like a food critic. You know, yeah, sure, you're, <laughs>
3: yeah. you're criticizing <laughs> that's the that's food true. and maybe
2: you can gain some insight of like, oh, yeah, that's helpful because I wouldn't have noticed those notes of hickory mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Ultimately, is it good or is it not? Right. Do you like yeah. it or not? Would you buy this food and eat it or would you not? You, and that's mm-hmm. what's important. Is it your money? It's your experience? It's your time? What do you want to do?
0: Yeah. And I think where maybe the uh, it would be good to have, like, quote, film experts uh, in comparison, what I thought would be good was that there are some things that I think your brain's experienced but you're not conscious of so like things like long shots that make either the movie better or worse mm-hmm. m- might make the movie experience better or worse like i may not be i'm not really focusing on that because i don't really notice that as someone who hasn't right studied right. that right. so i think um uh people who are more studied in this area right. like you guys would be good to point those things out
3: you know even let's get real specific here with that Robert and I mentioned this one moment in the film Crossing the Footbridge. I don't know if you recall of, this or not. The Outpost. The, and oh, I'm on the yeah. Outpost. I'm sorry. And I'm going to make the argument that even though you didn't intellectualize it, maybe on some gut level it affected you emotionally. Yeah. Do you remember when they were crossing the bridge and the camera swept around and then all of a sudden it was like a drone shot and pulled away? Yeah. And, and that the... was in one. You So it's interesting because I'm almost contradicting what you're saying that on a gut Emotional level, I think you are aware and it does affect you, mm-hmm. even though Robert and I would be more apt to talk about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I think I agree with what you said.
3: <laughs> now, truth be told, of course, you're just a lay person, so we <laughs> can't give a fuck what you think about anything, but that's a. Yeah, what well, I think I there, <laughs> there are
2: people that really. I think from what I can gain in terms of insights, I think Annika is someone that. Watches the movie and goes, "Oh, that was cool. That was a good movie." It, end of transaction. Whereas there are other people who live, breathe, and eat that stuff. Right. Going, I, I want to see. I want to speak that language. I want right. to figure out what are they doing. Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling that way? In the same way that book nerds want to understand the structure of the sentence yeah. and how the author is crafting the character, and that's what's appealing to them. And it's just like any other medium.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah all right of- we're a podcast for film <laughs> nerds. No. um yeah so you got did you guys say that you you, you guys both really like the movie right mm-hmm. oh yeah a lot so what did you guys think it was i can't quite remember did you guys think it was anti-wave
2: i think we give it like a six or a seven yeah it was like it had some anti-wave notes mm-hmm. but it was not full-on anti-wave like we, we didn't give it a ten
3: I happen to have my notes from me from oh, last this right morning. Yeah. I, I yeah. am very compulsive with notes and stuff. So, <laughs> and we said it's somewhat anti-wave, and I made the argument: well, who was the protagonist? And I don't think oh, it was an individual, right, right. but it was the mission itself. Yeah, I think it was oh, the protagonist. Did, I
0: thought that was great.
3: That the mission was the protagonist. Yeah,
0: because I was thinking about this in terms of how I like study anime. Like I. Uh, Start over. So I think there are like story-based movies and character-based movies, and this was a super just purely a story-based movie, and I thought that was super interesting because I didn't get to bond with the characters at all, but I was still so emotional at the end.
2: One of the things that we've talked about on our podcast a lot is the difference between television and film, and those two are, are blurring uh, a lot. Yeah. But television is really about character, and film is about story. And you know, when you study hmm. television traditionally if you study a show like cheers or uh seinfeld or something like that you what you're studying are or what you're looking at are your characters your favorite characters who come back married with children or whatever every week and they get into a different adventure and you're really into it for how do these characters deal with these situations that are thrown on them but you're really interested in the characters whereas a film is more about the story it's really taking you Mm. from point a to b to c now of course, the television show has a story, and of course, a film has character. But really, what you're interested in is story for film, and
3: right, and character for television. Right, right.
0: I never thought about it's,
3: that. Yeah, yeah. And I just want you'd to learn fix-
2: that if you'd go to film school and uh, and get a master's <laughs> degree. Yeah or,
3: yeah, or listen to anti-wave films. <laughs> yeah, so I you guess. don't need. Film but goal. I just want to finish this one point: that the mm-hmm. protagonist 17 submission. Did the protagonist succeed? Did it reach its goal? Yes. It did. Yeah. The protagonist got, with sacrifice, death along the way, mm-hmm. but they that made it less anti-wave. Mm. That made it oh, less anti-wave because the protagonist got what it wanted, even though there was death involved in sacrifice.
0: I I almost felt like at the end, because you know they said, "Oh, we we succeeded in the mission," but they were doing close-ups of all these. Yeah. Deaths. Yeah. And I almost felt like that was trying to counter that in mm-hmm. some way. Like, we succeeded, but it seems like we didn't actually succeed, if that makes sense. It succeeded
2: in mm-hmm. not everybody dying, I guess, but <sighs> only some people.
0: I mean, they did repeatedly say the mission is to survive, so...
3: Did you notice how Robert and I spoke about this too at the very end when we saw the actor portraying the real person, how similar they looked? Did you notice that? Yes, I did. The same facial expression. the eyes, like they really made a concerted effort (laughs) to come pretty damn close to how that person really looked. I I wonder if they just went in with Photoshop and adjusted the photo. (laughs) I wonder. Wasn't that kind of uncanny? (laughs) That was sort of uncanny. Because yeah. they've done that with many, many other movies, mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. showing what the person... But here, in particular, it was more more of an overlap of how the person really looked and the actor.
2: So much it's, so that I almost get upset when I watch a movie that's based on a true story and they don't do that. It's yes. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's a trope, but can I see it, please? I still want to see... I don't have to Google search all this stuff, and I will, but, you know, I want to see what does everybody actually look like.
0: I know this is kind of like... This is kind of judgmental on my part, but... Like, some, I don't even know if I should say it. But, like, when they're showing the comparing the two faces, there was one, like, one person. I can't remember the name. But I thought, oh, this guy looks more like the the soldier looks more like an actor than the actual actor does. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I was like, oh. That does sound judgy. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: So, I just, anyway, I, I think we liked it. I think we liked yeah. the film.
0: Yeah. Were there any technical things that you think the like, i might have missed that you thought were interesting or notable i think
2: we'd mentioned a few of them
0: besides the long shot
2: you know what yes there were you should go to our podcast to hear about them <laughs> it's called Antiwave film anti-wave podcast.com
0: mm-hmm.
2: Anti-Wave podcast.com
3: yes <laughs>
0: I'm editing yeah. this out I'm just kidding
3: <laughs> there were a couple of things that I took exception with I didn't like the fact that kid that dude was playing the guitar I thought that was a little bit cheesy and cornball-ish yeah. oh, um, I was
0: wondering about
3: that actually where, yeah it just seemed to stick out and it's also, funny you say
2: that I've already deleted that from my mind that, yeah. <laughs> I just cut that part out in my mental hmm. remembrance and, of the movie
3: good that's your that's yeah a survival thing they um a and also well, the only way I could survive. No, so, no, that's right. You know what I mean. But it's good that you did that, that you embrace the good and forget mm-hmm. about the few little minor things that we didn't care about. I didn't like the music in the closing credits. It sounded like a Joan Baez song and I thought it was a little bit inappropriate. I just didn't I already get cut it. That out too. See, see that? See that? Yeah. But in spite of what we're saying, we like the movie a lot, yes.
0: Yeah. I think I was surprised by the uh I mean, I think you guys kind of said this in your Anti wave podcast, too, but I couldn't really distinguish the characters at all.
3: That's been a criticism of the movie, yeah.
0: Is it really? Mm-hmm. I thought that was, uh,
2: well, I, I kind of I, I got it, I understand what they were going for because they are they're soldiers, and the whole point is that soldiers should be kind of mm-hmm. interchangeable, but yeah, I mean, they, the individuality was stripped of them.
3: And in real combat, you know, real soldiers wearing the same uniform, well, but you also... buzz cut. They're all kind of right. You
2: know, the same hair style Yeah. Yeah. And they're yeah. not. There's the facial hair or anything yeah. like that. So, it makes sense.
0: I actually did remember. Uh, I could only distinguish Scott East. I don't think S-
2: well, Scott Eastwood's like all Scott over Eastwood. it. So you spend more time with him, you kind of go, okay, I know who this guy is.
0: I was just thinking because he was cool looking.
3: <laughs> you know I mean? And there you go. That, that's our layperson's opinion. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
2: It looks like you have some questions here for us.
0: Uh, yes. So I have uh, the three big question corner. Uh-oh. And so the first question is, what's a common misconception about your field? Which would be, in this case, filmmaking.
2: Oh, is that my field? I'm going to let Robert kick this off. What? If, what's a common misconception about your field? Well, I think one of them we've already talked about, the idea that you have to be an expert to like it. But I think that's a a problem with almost every field is that uh, every artistic field, I should say, I don't, you know, it's not like you're going to be like, Oh, I'm a genetic uh, biologist uh, because I feel like it. There's no wrong answers. (laughs) Yeah, there are in that, that, that's Mm -hmm. science. Um, But I would say too, I I think anybody can, if you, I think one of the misconceptions is that um, you have to have this, special knowledge especially in today's day and age to make a film and i don't think that that's the case i think you just go out and start shooting some stuff and you will learn what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. but i think the the way to make a film the means of production have changed f- so significantly that it's easier now to make a film than ever before and to get it out into the world you know and yeah the, like the number one film in the, yeah, in the was box office <laughs> was uh, you didn't have to leave your house you know you just
0: they made it a Zoom. It was a Zoom film.
2: Yeah. And the way that we're creating stuff is getting really interesting. So I, I'm very drawn toward that. I think that's a misconception that people feel like, oh, I can't, or my story's not good enough. It may not be, but I think y- you could do it and then prove your, your point. One of, one of the big problems for me when I was right out of film school, I think it was kind of dealing with that issue, but also... I was like this purist, like, oh, I have to shoot on 35 millimeter film. If I don't have that, then I'm not going to do it. And now looking back, I'm like, why don't you just grab a a video camera and just start making films? Just do it. Just experiment. And I wasn't, I was just too much of a purist to do it. So
3: it's a regret that I have.
2: Hmm. Anyway, there's that.
3: I mean, we kind of broached on question number three of all things that Robert was responding that what is the most important or most interesting change in the film industry in the last few years and I don't mean to jump ahead and steer this but that's the yeah, no, story ahead. that it is the digital revolution which mm-hmm. has turned everything upside down mm-hmm. and I can tell you stories of I've got photographs that I have of like on the set of The Graduate where the camera was so I'm holding my hands out very wide right now for our <laughs> listeners. Was Almost a as really, big as my ego oh. <laughs> <laughs> Almost I think I'm gonna say something else almost mm-hmm. as big as my yeah, okay. Yeah. Um and now for 30 love, the camera was and again I'm holding my hands, I'm cupping my that's hands. That's almost together. as big as my dick. <laughs> <laughs> the digital revolution has turned everything, and it's very, very healthy. Mm-hmm. And now with streaming, this has just opened up and it literally is a revolution yeah, of, of change. Let me jump in on that Please. because
2: I think one of the things that's really interesting to me about about it. I remember when I was in film school in like the late '90s, early 2000s. I remember our film book, uh, like film history books, would they would talk about the different waves of filmmaking and things like that. And then we get to um, like the last chapter was always. I had a bunch of them. They were always the Hollywood blockbuster, and it would talk about Jaws and would talk about Star Wars. And I would always be like, that was. 30 years ago, you know, like what's, Mm -hmm. what's going on since then, or at least 25 years ago. And it would just be like, oh yeah, we're still in that, that phase. And I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't really capture what's going on. And then there would always be a little tiny sliver at the very end of like, oh yeah, there's all this digital stuff that's happening now too. And it was kind (laughs) of like, uh, you're not going to talk about that. And what they would really mean is there were films that like um you, you probably aren't gonna know this film but like uh chuck and buck that were shot on on digital high 8 video or something like that that were shot just really inexpensively and that's kind of what they meant and i get it but that's not that's not really a movement that's a, a way to make your film you know and that's
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that's a poor it's a poor movement i i think but The real change, if we're continuing that kind of trend, is what Ira just touched on, which is distribution. And that's what's really changed in the past, gosh, two or three years, Mm -hmm. is the ability to put your film out in all of these different places. Mm -hmm. There's all these different ways for you to make money. Now, you may not make a lot of money. And that's that's now the problem, too, is that these these ideas of uh, selling your film at Sundance or at the Cannes Film Festival, that's all gone. It doesn't happen anymore. Not like that. It happens to a, a very few rare rare instances but usually even those films are already backed by some pretty heavy you know people that have enough money to throw it at, at, at the film to get it going and have you know good production value but if you're making a film on your own you can put it up on amazon you can put it up on tubi or you know uh, any number I, of these itunes are, itunes uh, you U- can, youtube right there are print to order dvd and and blu-ray distribution services so people that want discs can order them and you don't have to make ten thousand of them like you used to right, right. you just wait until somebody orders one they make it and ship it out for you <clears throat> so all of the the means of distribution are changing and that was the final thing that needed to change in order for people to truly be able to make the film and get it out the problem is Everybody's making their films and getting it out. So now how do you reach your audience? And how do you get them to say... I mean, before, if you made a film in the 1980s, even if it was bad, people would go watch it because they're saying, oh, I want to see this. I want to see the film. Like Mm -hmm. there's only a handful of films being made. So I'll go watch it even if it sucks. And so I think a lot of people were able to make a name for themselves because they made films and you make a a handful of them and they get out there. um, And then you start to create a reputation for yourself.
3: But now there's a glut. Right. There is truly a glut of films out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, they can all find a home. I mean, even, you know, 30 Love is on, it's on like five or six platforms right now. And uh, including Tubi, where it's very on uh, that one doesn't even have a, a a monthly fee or an annual fee hmm. because it's got commercials. It's got advertisements <laughs> mm-hmm. every fifteen in the minutes. Middle?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: oh, and wow. a lot of people, you know, who don't want to pay X amount of money every month to have the subscription, mm-hmm. they just go there and watch the movie every now and then with commercials. So there's all these different avenues, and uh, man, that didn't exist a handful of years ago.
0: So how do you stand out in the glut?
3: If we knew that we
2: wouldn't wow. be sitting here. <sighs> wow! I don't, I don't think you do. I think it's, I mean, even, even Hollywood Some films do. are struggling with it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, I think they're resorting to unique forms of, of advertising. But even that is really hit or miss. Mm. Um, I know we've actually struggled to find films for our podcast to review because we're going. What films are out right now? And our way of thinking is usually look at what's going on in the theater and what's what's happening in the box office. We'll start there. And if something strikes our fancy that's streaming, we would have just said, okay, we'll stream it uh, because we, we found out about it. But now, since everything is streaming because the theaters are closed, it's a lot harder for us to find films to review.
3: Yeah. More often than before, we're going into the vault to take out an oldie but goodie. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to find current stuff that's out there. Yeah.
0: So where do you where do you go to look for the first like where's the first place you look?
3: I uh, probably what's
2: streaming on Netflix. Right, I think right, we go to Netflix uh, quite a first, bit. Yeah.
0: Really, isn't Netflix behind?
2: No, I mean they release their own stuff. Oh, I but see. The problem becomes it's it's also like Netflix is. I mean, I guess it's proprietary. Like the films are part of Netflix, and you're not going to get it anywhere. So if you don't have a mm-hmm. Netflix mm-hmm. subscription, you're not watching that film, and. Whereas it's not necessarily true for something like Amazon and Tubi or you right. know I think Vudu Netflix wants exclusive
3: like rights isn't that correct Netflix yes is that true that they is that no Linda was telling no
2: me? not necessarily but the new films almost always right the new films right. are amazon, are Netflix originals right and i don't think that they're letting those out in other places but i mean there are some for Amazon too right amazon has mm-hmm. they have their own exclusives products also too. Mm-hmm. but that's now the problem is that you have these new Studios essentially. It's the Netflix studio. It's the Amazon studio. It's just it's no longer Paramount and Warner right. Brothers, and and so but they're the times are changing, and Paramount, Warner Brothers, Sony, they're all like trying to figure out how do we get in on this, and that's why you have Disney Plus starting up, and oh, Apple yeah, yeah. is starting up. Apple so,
3: Plus, Peacock, mm-hmm. NBC's got Peacock. So many more streaming services. They're trying yeah.
2: desperately to make a name for themselves in that, and it's just it, it's dividing everybody up into all these different segments and now it you almost have to spend a fortune to keep up to date with all these different services you know otherwise you're you're you don't you know the zeitgeist is talking about a tv show (laughs) everyone's talking about game of thrones but if you don't have hbo then you're behind the times you know
0: i'm i'm always surprised but that all this happened within my lifetime Mm -hmm. so but I don't even realize that it's happening because it's happening so quickly and I'm right. just adapting to it as it goes.
2: Well, I, I mean, <laughs> not to get too far off the topic, but I remember I remember in 2006, I remember telling my dad, I didn't have any money at that point. I was so broke. And I remember talking to my dad going, you should really buy some Apple stock because they're going to release this new phone <laughs> that's coming out. And he was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, dad, please just do it. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, maybe he didn't do it. And I remember at the time, I remember having a conversation with somebody. And the the stock prices were like $53 a share or something like that. And it's so, before the iPhone, yeah. it's like insane. I did, however, convince him to buy um, Tesla stock oh. back when it was like, I think like $80 a share. And it's like what $1,000 yeah. a share now yeah. or something like yeah. that. And I was like, I've only done that like three times. And every time it's been like. Huge, huge increase.
0: Hmm. I mean, it must be more of a change for you, Ira because you're going from and you probably went through like three different generations. Well my older
2: my point was that I mean just think about how much has changed since 2006. Yeah. It's not that long ago. It's 14 years, and it's just I mean the way f- phones right. alone, like that's just a whole new way of consuming media. Right and before that every, I mean talking on like on your home phone was just the way you did
3: things you had a home phone line nobody has a home phone line anymore everybody's on cell phone that's true you called my cell phone I remember the magic box Yeah, that's what you called it we can, we can watch a movie on my on our phones mm-hmm. but yeah since I'm a little bit older than everyone else in the room and I do remember what the was first, it like when cars uh, fr- came out. I was about. gonna say the first talkie Oh, okay. I remember the first talkie uh. film <laughs> which I saw in a theater she doesn't know that term looking, she doesn't know that the, they actually spoke instead of subtitles sound I'm, he's saying uh, sound when they first sound. started adding sound, okay, yeah, oh. sound. <laughs> and you know that when the, movies came out in color the joke is that that color, was that's a big wow. that was well before he was born <laughs> yeah that's why <laughs> that's I was being funny it happened before I was born I was being funny oh I'm Never sorry mind.
0: I, I, it went over my head <laughs> oh, okay
3: yeah so what was it like when the Declaration of Independence was signed? Oh, yes. Well, you know, I, I, I signed it. Oh. Yes, yes. Did you see my name? You peed on it. John Hancock. And then in parentheses it said, with a little bit of help from Ira Heffler. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Final question. What have you changed your mind about recently? And Doing this, could this be podcast.
2: <laughs> I changed my mind. I'm getting out of here. What if we changed our mind I know. about? You
3: know, I looked at this question prior, and I, I want to have an articulate answer. I'm not sure. Could it be anything? are talking about film, of course, right?
0: No, it could be anything. Oh, about just anything. In your life, just... you know,
3: if we had to do it all over again, seriously, about th- there's one thing because I did think about this. Um, it was very expensive to submit our film to so many film festivals, right. and that's the one thing that I feel I learned to be real selective. Before, Because every festival is between $100 and $150. And we did a lot of them. Uh And we were rejected almost all of them except for three. So I think that's one area where I would, if I could go back.
2: I think you're right. I would not have submitted to so many festivals. Yeah, It was, I I think we would be better off submitting to a, a handful, right? To probably some of the bigger ones. Right. And then... That's it. Let it go. Just let it go and then try to get distribution other ways.
3: And the other thing, Robert, that I think we learned, I think you're about to agree with this, is that um, we hired more than one person to work on our logo and we paid them a deposit to get started on it. And it was crappy. It was not good. So we wasted money on that. And I think that you and I had a powwow about that and decided we need to see some product before we actually Mm -hmm. pay money to do something. Yeah, we just, we came up with a new policy
2: of like, we don't, we don't give you money until the project's done. Like we just gotta, we gotta see that things are completed because we had we got screwed a few times on that. I yeah, was like, "Yeah, fuck." No, I
0: remember you complaining <laughs> about yeah. some of the stuff.
2: Yeah.
3: So those are two things that I feel we've learned.
2: You know, I I think where I learned the most was in distribution. Mm-hmm. I think the actual making of the film was not. I, I think with with filmmaking, I think there's there's they always say there's three different stages to filmmaking. There's the Pre production, which is like the writing and getting mm-hmm. everything ready to go. There's the actual production of the film. And then the, the, third stage which most people it's not sexy most people don't care about it's actually selling the film getting out there having people watch it mm-hmm. and making money off of it which is arguably the most important that, that's one. the
3: yeah the most important <laughs> and maybe even the hardest work yeah maybe,
2: maybe yeah and and it's because everyone focuses so much on the first one and maybe even this the i'm sorry the second, second one second and maybe one, even right. some of the first, first ones right no one is focusing on the third one no one talks about you know, oh my gosh, did you see the way they sold that movie to this other production? No, like <laughs> that's not a conversation. It's they not have, sexy. It's not sexy. Yeah, they they're talking about the did you see the the way the the choice that the actor made, that's what they're interested yeah. in. But mm-hmm. the, you're only you're only seeing that that choice the actor made because somebody did sell the film and get the film in front right. of eyeballs. And that's the most important step. It's really hard. Especially as we were talking before when there's this glut, glut of glut, movies. Right. And there's Only so much attention that you can get from people. Uh, I don't know. I think a big part of it, I know, for me is... You know, recently I had a film... I had a friend who cut an album titled for this chapter. And (laughs) when he did it, when he released the the album, I promoted it. I put it up on Instagram and, and I guess on Facebook too. But I was doing that because... I feel like that's what friends should be doing for each other, and I, I was a little frustrated for our film that not more friends came out and did mm-hmm. that, you know, and and were like, hey, my buddy's got a film, right? Go see it, go right. check it out, and it wasn't that. It was just kind of, oh yeah, he's doing this. I'll go see it. End of end of transaction. When I try to do that for other people, I try to go see their plays or their, you know, whatever they're doing and promote it and go, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll give this person my support in that way and that's what you need so that that social network is also really hard you got to ask your friends to do things that they kind of like i don't really feel comfortable doing that do it anyway yeah you know you got to get them to
3: watch it tell your friends write a review or two or three reviews on different platforms
2: or <laughs> promote it to other people yeah and it's yeah. like yeah i don't do that do it now you're yeah. gonna you're gonna yeah. do it our, our friendship means something here i'm gonna ask you to start doing this or asking your friends for money and it's kind of like Those are not sexy conversations to have. Mm -hmm. But you got to do it if you really want to get stuff done the right way.
0: So just to salvage our friendship, guys, go watch 30 Love. (laughs) Annika, we were never friends with you. (laughs) All righty. So... That's the end of the podcast. Oh, okay, great. Oh. Yeah, thank you guys so much for the conversation.
3: <laughs> Listen, oh, you said, oh, I said, great. <laughs> yeah, that's <the> difference between <laughs> yeah, yeah, get I out of like, here. Finally. I want to do, do more. <laughs> <laughs> but as Robert likes to say, this was the rehearsal. Now he's going to push the record button. Now oh, we start, perfect. start thank from you. the top. I thought you hit the record I button. I thought you, <laughs> no, <don't,
0: don't>. no. <laughs> And thank you so much, guys, for listening. You can find us at crackingeggheads.com or you can follow us on Twitter at eggheads underscore fm. And you can join our discussion on our Reddit at r slash crackingeggheads. As for Robert and Iris podcast, you can go to anti-wavepodcast.com or you can also find their podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out their movie at 30love.com. Thank you so much. See you later.